<coughs> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. The Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we preview the NFC North and make our 2021 Bears bold predictions and much, much more. Hey, Dub, man. What's the good word, my brother? All good over here, friends. How about you, man? Man, dude, I'm happy, man. Football's back, man. We got a game tonight. We potting. Got the Bears game coming up on Sunday, man. I got no worries in this bitch, bro. Hey, welcome back football, baby. Man, dude, I missed it. I'm ready to talk about some real football games again, brother. <laughs> hey, you, man. I'm with you, brother. Damn, about time. Audience, as A-Dub mentioned, we're going to preview the NFC North. We're also going to get some bold predictions. And we're going to make our predictions on the Bears' win-loss record in 2021. Let's get to it, A-Dub. First thing I want to chat with you about, Zach Miller. You know he's a favorite of the podcast here. Bears fans love him. Zach Miller had a gruesome injury the end of his career, dislocated his knee, tore his artery in his leg. I mean, it was just pretty gruesome shit. I mean, there was a worry there at one point. They didn't think that he was going to be able to walk again. All kinds of things were going on there. So he went on a broadcast this week, and he mentioned A-Dub that he still feels a little numbness in that area where he got injured. And I was like, damn, man, after all those years and all those surgeries that he had, he's still dealing with those issues. It just goes to show you how football is such a dangerous, dangerous sport, man. Man, that must be a day to remember, that game against the Saints those years back that caused that injury. Man, I feel bad for him, you know. You and I talked about this, Prez, and before that football is a brutal sport, man, and you can see how some of these guys are still impacted by that now. One thing that he did say, which I really appreciated, and I think this is a lesson that a lot of people can learn, is he was like, look, at the end of the day, I'm fine. He said life is good. He said, I got a wife and kids at home. Everything is good. He said, yeah, physically, I got some issues. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's like, look, I'm still here. I'm still alive. And I think a lot of us in this world, sometimes we have to look at the bright side of things and just realize that, hey, it could be worse. Yeah, could be worse, though, man. But sometimes you want to do other things, too. But, man, I just kind of still feel bad for him. Even though he's optimistic, he has a good look on everything. But still, prayers. No one wants to feel that way at the end of career. As you get older, those things can still linger and hurt you. Yeah, and I think he even mentioned, too, that he said he's close to about 50% of motion back in that foot, and that was the area that he mentioned in that leg that he was dealing with some uh, range of motion issues. But I'm just going to say, all in all, if he was able to escape football and he still has his faculties, he's got his mind, obviously this is me because I'm not a former football player saying this, but I would say consider him pretty lucky because there's some players out here, man, that's dealing with the CTE stuff. They're dealing with the brain stuff. They're dealing with all the multiple concussions. So, you know, it is what it is when you come to football. You know, it's just one of those things that comes with the territory. 
Yeah, you're right about that. And he has a singing career that's going on too. So, you know, kudos to him for that. Yeah, man. Country singer over there, Zach Miller. <laughs> I, I see you, Zach. I see you, Zach. <laughs> yes, sir. Do your thing, brother. So to the point that I was making earlier, see, he's not letting this injury get him down. He he pivoted. When his career was over, he went to another passion of his, which was music. And he ain't too bad. I listened to a couple of his tracks. Now, I ain't the biggest country music fan. But I was like, okay, I'll rock with it because it's my boy, Zach Miller. I was like, okay, he all right. <laughs> yes, sir. We can show my man some love. He got some good vocals going on over there. So, you know, salute that. Man can do his thing over there. Well, I got to get to another piece of news from the week that I was kind of happy for the individual that was involved. And that's Desmond Trufant. Things didn't work out here in Chicago. We talked about it in the last episode. He dealt with some family issues. The father passed. He wasn't available much of training camp. I really didn't see him out there much. We didn't see him in any of the games. Nevertheless, the Bears cut him. But he was picked up by the New Orleans Saints, A-Dub. And I was really happy to see that he got picked up. I wish him nothing but the best in his career. And hopefully he can get things back on track. Yeah, man. Glad he laid on his feet. I hope he makes the best of that opportunity there. And then the one thing, too, I was looking at it. So I looked at that Saints depth chart. And they got Marshawn Lattimore and they got Ken Crawley. So it looks like they're going to be looking at Desmond Trufant to be more of a reserve. So he'll probably either be like a three or a four on their depth chart. But nevertheless, the Saints needed some help because they had a lot of holes in that quarterback position for them. Yeah, good for him, man. And I hope he make a good impact for those guys. You know, I love to see a guy like him bounce back from what he's been through this year. What you think about Danny Trevathan, man, changing his number from 59 to 6-A-Dub? <laughs> I had to laugh, man. I was like, this guy wants to cut the number? You know, I don't want you to bring back some bad memories, man, because you know Perez in Chicago, a lot of fans are not that fond of Cutler. I mean, I got no beef with Cutler, but I do know a lot of Bears fans who do. Well, shit, you're talking to one. I'm not going to sit here and cap on this podcast. When we traded for Jake Cutler originally, I was one of the happiest son of a guns out here, right? I was so happy. I'm like, bro, we got a quarterback and a Pro Bowl quarterback at that. I lost my mind. Right. But then years and years of Cutler throwing interceptions at the wrong time, and in that NFC Championship game, which I've talked about in the podcast before, when he was injured in the Packers game, we lost that NFC Championship game. And I just, from there, just something just never, it never returned. My passion towards Jay Cutler never returned. So I'm not a big Jay Cutler fan. However, Danny Trevathan, when you made that jersey change, there's a lot of Jay Cutler fans that was upset with you. They were wondering, wait, why that number? Right. They were like, hey, what you doing there, Danny Trevathan? So that part of it, A-Dub, you got two sides of the coin, and you got the Jay Cutler fans. They weren't too pleased by this. Cutler fans, I feel your pain a little bit, but my worries is, hey, I don't want this guy getting any bad luck for taking that number. That's my biggest concern. I just hope that Danny Trevathan produces as many turnovers in that jersey as the last number six did. That's all I'm <laughs> if he can do that, he'll be in my good graces. It was a good outlook, and it was also a cheap shot, but whatever. I, right. I, that's what I do. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> All right. Hey, Dub. So something else I wanted to get your thoughts on, Jimmy Graham. So the Bears, they restructured his deal. Now, before I get into this part with you, I've talked to you on this podcast for months now about the fact that Ryan Pace has a tendency of missing in free agency overpaying guys, signing the wrong guy, then he has to cut the person, and then the Bears are on the hook for the person, and they're no longer on the team. Now, Jimmy Graham, I thought he was solid his first season with us. However, that's a big contract. He had a big salary cap hit for 2021. And so, Ryan Pace, because the Bears are up against the salary cap, they had to do something. 
So they need to free up some cash because they still needed to make official some of those injured reserve spots on the team and some of the back of the end rosters that they've made and players on the practice squad. So basically Ryan Pace had no choice but to go to Jimmy Graham and say, hey, can we move some of your money around? So A-Dub, what do you think about that? Because when I think about it holistically, this just all comes back down to Ryan Pace and his poor cap management and signing the wrong fucking players. I'm a little disappointed, though, because I am tired of hearing about the cap issues we've been having. Again, another one of those situations here. And, you know, kudos to Jimmy Graham, you know, getting his money and getting paid. But, man, it just makes it rough for us for next year, next season, when, with time for signing players or trying to get players back on this team and what that could possibly do to us. So, you know, salary cap, that's always a big issue, a big deal. And somehow, man, Ryan Pace do a good job around that. So, yeah, and just for any of our listeners, if you guys didn't really see the ins and outs of it, what the Bears are doing with him is they gave him four voidable years from the years of 2022 to 2025. So it's money that Jimmy Graham is going to get, but it's just going to be pushed over the next couple of years. To Ado's point, I'm tired of them kicking the can down the road because that has effects on your team going forward. Because let's not forget the fact that this team is still paying Trey Burton. Trey Burton ain't here anymore. This team is still paying Charles Leno. Charles Leno ain't here no more. This team is still going to be paying Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley ain't here no more. When you look at that, you look at some of these guys that Brian Pace has missed on, or in the case of like a Charles Leno, they just made the decision to just get rid of him. Well, these guys still have money in the future that the Bears are going to be on the hook for. And the Bears are actually on the hook for a dub $16 million in dead cap space in 2022. A lot of money there, man. A lot of money. But to your point, Perez, this is what hurts in the future. You can't make certain decisions, right? Because you're, you're caught up with cap issues. So I really feel bad for the Bears when it comes to this. And I do worry about the future. What are we going to do then? Matter of fact, Ryan Pace may not even be here. And we still have had issues, bro, when it comes out of that. Listen, that's like the person that, that runs up the, the debt or they, they leave the company high and dry. They just ran things <laughs> into the ground and then they get fired and just quit. And then somebody else gets left holding the bag. That's Brian Pace. He's he's over here maxing out the credit cards. Don't give a fuck because he's like, I'm probably not gonna be here in four years. So <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Right, exactly, exactly. That's what it seems like, man. Because you know, what if we want to sign certain players back, we can't do it because we don't have the funds to do it with. Well, and that's probably they're gonna go to somebody else on the team and try to get them to free up some money. So that's that's all it's gonna do. They're gonna be mortgaging the future to try to pay guys. And another thing that people probably aren't even aware of Andy Dalton, the contract that he signed with us, half of it was pushed back into 2022. So that's $5 million of his salary. That's going to be dead cap space there in 2022. Already behind the eight ball. Yes, sir. So now with this move of restructure, Jimmy Graham, a dub, the bears got about $3.7 million in cap space available. So that'll be for any moves that they have, or if they want to make any sign as mid season or something like that, they have that cash available. Okay, we can work with that. But still, long-term, that's the problem right there. Yeah, and that's, that's the issue, man. We all got caught up in the Justin Fields draft pick, and we all forgave Ryan Pace for the past. But listen, Ryan Pace has not done a really good job with this team. That He's hit on some great mid-round draft picks. I will give him that. But Ryan Pace and free agency, outside of like A-Rob and maybe a couple other like guys, he has not gotten it done. And that's why we're in this cap space issue is because of what Ryan Pace did. See, Ryan Pace, his legacy is based off of the Khalil Mack trade, 
traded up to get Justin Fields, some of that mid-round draft pick success that he's had. You're right, you're right. <laughs> exactly. That's about it. But still, Press, it's not enough, right? You don't want to see us make any moves in the future where we have to cut us someone like we did with Fuller, right? A, a guy who contributed to our team very well, and now we're stuck in that situation again because of Ryan Pace. So that's what I really worry about, Press. Well, another thing that I'm worried about, and I'm sure some other fans are worried about A-Dub, is Eddie Goldman. We've been talking about him a lot this offseason. It's been a lot of concerns about Eddie Goldman. And so I heard that he got nicked up in practice on Monday, A-Dub, and he showed up on the injury report with a knee and an ankle injury. A-Dub, what are you thinking about this, and do you think that Eddie Goldman plays on Sunday? Chris, I'm not feeling good about him playing on Sunday. I mean, an ankle and knee or a big guy, that's tough. We're not off to a good start so far, man. I'm kind of concerned about that, Chris. Now, the one thing Matt Nagy did say, he said that the injury is day-to-day. So when I heard that, I said, you know what? That gives me a little bit of comfort as opposed to like when Matt Nagy starts talking about, oh, well, you know, he'll be fine and everything will be good and this and that. No, because sometimes when Matt Nagy tells you that shit is not accurate. Right. But I feel a little confident with this. But he he said that he doesn't know if he's going to be able to practice today or whether he'll be able to practice tomorrow. So we'll see what happens there. Got a few more days, but I'm still worried, Prez, because like I said, the bodies are different out here, man. His body may not be good enough. It might be, but we got to wait and see. I just don't see it happening, though. I really don't. Now, one thing that we did see is that the Bears added Marcus Hunt to the practice squad shortly after we started hearing some of the news about Eddie Goldman potentially not being available for the game on Sunday. So, Obviously, there's some sort of concern there with Nagy and, and crew. So they have some insurance there just in case. But also, if for some reason Eddie Goldman's not able to go, then that means that Kyrus Tonga, he's going to get the start. Yeah, man. I'm happy for Tonga. Like, like you and I talked about before about him. He's a good presence in that, in, um, on that field, and um, he can make a big difference. I'm not saying he's Eddie Goldman, but I'm just saying he's, he's solid. But can he fill Eddie Goldman's shoes? I don't think he can do that yet but I will give him props for the fact that he shows a lot of signs, good signs. Like we mentioned on the show, I was huge on his performance during the preseason. I thought he was really impressive, but Eddie Goldman is Eddie Goldman, right? So, but at the end of the day, if Tonga can fill in and give us something, if Eddie Goldman's not able to go, I'll be okay with that. But I'm hoping for the best, and I'm hoping that Eddie Goldman is out there Sunday night, and I still hope that we get to see Tonga out there spelling Goldman and so forth. In the middle. Yeah, absolutely. I am rooting for Eddie Goldman to come back. I just, you know, still got my concerns about that. But if Eddie Goldman can play, man, that'll be awesome because we can use him. There were three other guys that showed up on the injury report. They missed Wednesday's practice, A-Dub. Your boy, Money Moon, was out with a back. Khalil Mack with a groin. And then Robert Quinn with that back. But Matt Nagy said that he feels good about all three of those guys playing on Sunday. Yeah, that's cool. We feel good about all those guys. One of the guys I don't feel good about is still Robert Quinn. Whether he's playing or not, Perez, I just don't know his readiness and how well he's going to play. So I'm still concerned about him. We'll definitely see. I mean, Like you said, I'm not worried about Darnell Mooney. I'm not worried about Khalil Mack. Robert Quinn, listen, I don't want to be the dead horse here. Me and A-Dub, we've been circling his name from last season, all off season. Man, I just hope that he just proves us wrong. Because right now, you got a lot of people that's counting this guy out. And I just hope that we're wrong. I really do. I hope we're wrong too, Perez. But most importantly, I hope he's healthy. That's the biggest key for me. Yeah, but see, health is one part of it. But then, okay, being healthy, but being productive on top of being healthy. Right, right. Like, you being paid a lot of money for us just to be worried about you being healthy. I want you to produce. (laughs) 
That is true. If he can't produce, man, this is going to look real ugly for us. All right. A-Dub, something that caught my eye this week. I've been looking at a lot of these uh, these prop bets for the gambling sites, and I saw that Justin Fields is getting a lot of money in Vegas thrown on him to potentially win Offensive Rookie of the Year here in 2021. What are your thoughts on that? Because when you hear that news, and then we know that Dalton is going to open the season as a starter, how are you feeling about that? Because there's a lot of confidence in Vegas on Justin Fields putting up some numbers this season. They must think he's going to play, what, week two, week three? <laughs> That's soon for us to be rookie of the year. I mean, you got to play. So I hope he is rookie of the year, but I don't know about that. I just don't know. Well, I would just say this. May not be the starter out of the gate, but some of the things that I've just been thinking lately, it might not be long until he takes over this job from Andy Dalton. Now, I know I preach patience, and I still am preaching patience with the fan base, but however, it's all on Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton balls out and does what he needs to do, then this conversation ends here. But if Andy Dalton does not get the job done and he messes shit up, he starts throwing picks, the offense looks like trash, well, guess what? Matt Nagy's got no choice but to go to the kid. And I think that's why you see Vegas starting to throw money behind Justin Fields winning offensive rookie of the year because I think it's just a matter of time that they think that Fields is the guy. I mean, you think about it. We saw on short display in the preseason what this kid's all about, the playmaking, his improv skills. I mean, he makes them a better offense and a better team, and I can only imagine how this defense in, during a regular season, if this guy's out there quarterback, how he's going to get those guys rallied up, how fucking fired up Soldier Field would be. But it also shows you that Vegas feel about those other rookie quarterbacks, right? They got the much confidence in Fields because he also has some weapons with him, and he has a pretty good sharp defense. So if it all comes together, Press, it's going to be very interesting to see how long Nagy would take to pull the plug if Andy Dalton is struggling. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see here. But with that being said, A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts on this. So let's just say if Andy Dalton does struggle coming out the gates, when do you think we would see Justin Fields enter the picture here? If Andy Dalton struggling our first two games, it's time to get Justin Fields in there, period. So you give him two games. If he doesn't get it right there, then you want him to start week three. Yes, sir. I will go with week three. Against the Cleveland Browns. Yes, absolutely. And I think we'll win that game as well with Justin Fields. That's a tough defense, but you know what, A-Dub? I'm, I'm going to write that down. So week three, A-Dub's got the Cleveland Browns. Yes, sir. All right. For me, A-Dub, this is if Andy Dalton comes out the gate slow. I'm going to say week four against the Lions because I think that'll give him enough time to get acclimated. You're not throwing him to Miles Jarrett in that damn Cleveland Browns defense. <laughs> good point, though. That's a good point. You're right. They got tough defense. I get it. But I think, A-Dub, you just want to see him out there, so I understood why you said week three. But for me, I want to go week four to keep him away from Miles Jarrett. Also. It's a home game. So then now you had his first game, and it's his soldier field. That's going to be huge. It's a perfect situation. Also, helps him build up confidence. So if we're potentially one and two entering that game, turn it over to the kid and let the kid do his thing. You hit a good point, though, Press. I think the record does matter, I think. The other point you mentioned there is about the fact of who we playing against as well, Detroit. I think that also matters as well. That's more of a logical decision, Perez, that I agree with. Mine was more of an emotional decision. Like, you know what? I had enough of Andy Dalton. We're moving on. 
Dude, there's people out there that want to see Justin Fields week one. There's people that were talking to me. They're like, hey, if Andy Dalton is slow in that first game, man, I want Justin Fields to come in at halftime. I'm like, bro, y'all need to pump y'all brakes, man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Everyone like, look, we see what this kid can do, man. We better live with that. (laughs) I get it, but there's going to be a lot of Bears fans. They are not going to be preaching patience. I would not want to be Andy Dalton. And I'm telling you, Andy Dalton, brother, do your job. Because I'm telling you, if you don't, they coming for your head, bro. He better get used to that, man, and then hopefully ball out. So he should let those distractions get to him. Well, he said it's his time, so we'll see. We'll see. All right, Adele, let's go over the unofficial depth chart before we get into our NFC North preview. No surprises here. Andy Dalton, QB1 for now. We got David Montgomery at running back. At receivers, we got Allen Robinson, your boy Money Moon, and then Marquise Goodwin. At tight end, Cole Komet. Left tackle, Jason Peters. At guard, we got Cody Whitehair. At center, Sam Mustafer. At the other guard position, we have our boy James Daniels. And in a right tackle, Jermaine Effetti. A-Dub, I know we've talked about our concerns with this offense and it's pretending about the offensive line, but I wanted to talk to you to get your other thoughts on are there any other areas outside of the offensive line that concerns you with this offense going into this week one matchup? What concerns me with the offense, you may have heard me say this already, Prez, is the plays that Nagy going to call. Are these efficient enough, right? Can he mix it up? Can he allow our running backs to, to carry the ball enough? So we're really worried about Nagy and what his game plan is going into this game, Prez. I think we both have been talking about that, so I think fair point, though, A-Dub, but I want to make sure that people know that uh, we both have been pounding the pavement about <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Absolutely, man. When I look at this offense, what concerns me outside the offensive line is just the continuity of just all these guys not playing. So how much chemistry does Dalton have with Montgomery? How much continuity does he have with A-Rob, your boy Money Moon, Cole Komet? Because a lot of these guys didn't really play much in the preseason. Allen Robinson didn't take a snap. Darnell Mooney took six snaps. So when I look at it, does he have the chemistry with these guys for this offense to click? That is what I look at. So in the combination of the struggles at offensive line, the Matt Nagy's play calling, and the continuity piece, that leaves me with a lot of concerns with this offense, and it, it's not a good time to be facing Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, man, timing is the time to write with Andy Dalton hooking up with these guys. If it's not there, Perez, it's going to look really ugly. Ooh, man, I hope it's there, Perez. I really do, but that is a damn good concern to have. All right, let's talk about the defense real quick. So a defensive tackle, our boy Hakeem Hicks. I always call him the engine that kicks this defense off. Nose tackle, Eddie Goldman. Hope he's there week one. We got Bilal Nichols at end. Khalil Mack, outside linebacker. Robert Quinn at the other outside linebacker. Robert Quinn, please do better. Please. Don't let Leonard Floyd outplay you again. Come on, bro. Not at all. All right, inside linebacker, your boy Roquan Smith. The other inside linebacker, Alec Ogletree. At cornerback, Jalen Johnson and Kendall Vildor. Those are our starting corners. And the safeties, Eddie Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson. A-Dub, outside the secondary, which we have talked about at great length in this offseason, what concerns do you have for the defense entering this matchup against the Rams? We talked about it already. Eddie Goldman, how much is he going to play if he's out there? Does he show up? That's going to be a key factor right there, Perez. Can we stop the run? Can we do those things that's going to make a huge difference to win this game, man, to apply pressure? So if we can do that, Perez, I think that's going to be a big key for us. 
No, I like that one. I think for me, when I look at it, it's covering the Rams' backs out of the backfield. Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. If Roquan Smith and Ogletree are able to contain those guys, I think we'll be really good there. The second piece, we've talked about it before, but putting pressure on the fucking quarterback. If we yes. can put pressure on Stafford, we'll be in a good spot. If Stafford has time to throw, he's going to pick us apart. That's just what he does with the weapons that he has in that offense. It's going to be a long night if we don't get any pressure on Matt Stafford. I'm with you there, Press. We got to get pressure on that guy, man. You said it. You hit it right on the head. We can't do that. It's going to be a long night. That dude has attacked us very well with Detroit. So I ain't worried about that because he's actually with a great coach now that can maximize on his talent. He's in a really good spot. And so, you know, listeners, we did a week one preview pod on the Chicago uh, State of Mind podcast that A-Dub and I are on. But, uh, we have another co-host, DC. So if you want to check out that week one preview episode, it's available right now on all streaming platforms. So definitely check that out. We went in deep on uh, all things Rams and just how the Bears are going to potentially match up with them. Check it out. All right, Dub. Let's get into this NFC North preview. The first team that I want to touch on is the Lions. Now, you know, over the years, A-Dub, I've always had a lot of fucking shade for the Detroit Lions. I hadn't really <laughs> thought a lot. I hadn't really thought much of them, bro. And I thought they made an awful trade this summer by trading for golf. And getting rid of Stafford. And I kind of felt happy that Stafford got out of that hellhole of a team. But I want to get your thoughts on the Lions because I said, okay, they got Dan Campbell with this as the coach, right? Right, right. And he's made his imprint on the team. He kind of comes off as a guy that really loves football. He says all the right things and the fan base, they get behind him because he's kind of like a, a meatball-y type of head coach or whatnot. They got a new GM there. They brought Dan Campbell in here to overhaul the team because let's be honest. That Detroit Lions team had a broken roster, and they really didn't have much spirit. They they were not a good bunch. <laughs> not at all. But what are you thinking about this team in 2021, A-Dub? I still feel the same way about them, man. It's going to take a lot of growing pains with this team. I mean, they got Jared Goff now. He's not Matt Stafford, so uh, you wonder how he's going to play and if he can carry the load. I'm not so sure about that, Perez. I'm really not. McVay tried his best to help him out, but I don't know. That's true. Now, I think that's a fair point, A-Dub, because – this is the thing. I think Dan Campbell's in a good spot here because ownership's not looking for him to turn this thing around overnight. Right. They're looking for him to plan ahead, build for the future. And so I think that that bodes well for him because he can kind of come in, get the culture created, get the infrastructure of this team in place, and then maybe make some noise. Because when Dan Campbell was a first, he was a coach for the Dolphins, and they put him in there. They had a mandate on him. They wanted him to turn things around right away. It didn't work out that way. When I look at him with Detroit, I think he's the key to this whole thing of just how quickly he can get that culture, how quickly he can get these players to buy in. But then also, Jarek Goff. Is he going to be able to get anything out of him? That's going to be a struggle right there. And again, I, I saw Jerry Goff last season, and he had some good games. He had some bad games. When he had some bad games, he had some bad games. So hopefully... Coach can help him out, man, to become a solid quarterback moving forward. But, yeah, it's going to take some growing pains there, Chris. A lot of growing pains. I don't see great weapons over there as far as who he's throwing to. So that's going to be tough in itself, Chris. No, that's fair. That's fair. I just know that he knows Dan Campbell when I say he. I think he knows that he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And he's got a lot of challenges, right? A lot. He got a six-year contract when he got hired there. So I feel like they're going to preach patience here. 
And I think it'll be fine with them. They got a youth movement there in Detroit. So if you look at the makeup of the roster, it's significantly younger than the Chicago Bears roster. Correct. So when I look at it, hey, getting youth on your football team and getting younger, okay, on one aspect of things is you have an inexperienced roster. However, when you're trying to inject the culture, when you're trying to get the vibe and everything like that changed, well, when you're in these real building situations, you want to have a young team. You want to have these younger players because they're quick to buy in than your veteran players who maybe have been through the ringer. They want to win. They're not really trying to listen to a coach with the rah-rah shit. Right. Some of them on their way out the door. <laughs> right. Exactly. But also, the thing that I like about this team is their offensive line. For me, I thought that was one of their strongest units in training camp. I've been kind of watching and keeping an eye on them. And I think it still is. So entering the season, I think that's going to be a strength for them. They have some really good depth at running back. And also, they got DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams came over from the Packers. So they're going to be able to run that football. With that offensive line they have, which I think is solid, like you said, Perez, they should be able to run the football. But the key factor will be how other teams face against them, right? Whether it be the defensive scheme, because people are probably going to try to force Jerry Goff to make some plays. And now with that being said, they had some turnover at, at receiver. They lost right. Marvin Jones. They lost Galladay. Yeah. So when I was mentioning earlier about golf, I also say it's going to probably take him some time to develop any sort of rhythm in the passing game. Now, he still does have TJ Hawkinson, and TJ Hawkinson's a hell of a weapon to have in your offense. But however, it's going to be very imperative for some of these other young receivers on this team to step up. That's what it's going to come down to, Prez. Can they get some help out there? And maybe they can. But it's going to be something we'll have to take a look and watch moving forward. But Jerry Goff has his hands full with that press and trying to teach these guys and help grow these guys because they're going to look for him to be part of that process. Yes, sir. I think one of the areas of this team that we're really going to be able to expose the Chicago Bears when we play them twice this season is on defense. Yes. Now, last year, they only had 24 sacks and only seven interceptions. So when you look at that, there were only five teams in the NFL last year, A-Dub, that had fewer sacks. And only the Houston Texans have fewer interceptions. So the fact of the matter, defense is not a strength of this ball club. And so they were awful last season on defense. Just awful. They gave up so many yards. You were able to run up the score on this damn defense. So honestly, when I look at this team here, they're going to have to definitely make sure that they show up that front seven and they're working on ways to put some pressure on the quarterback, because if not, that secondary is going to get lit up. Yeah, man. I think we spent a good time lighting them up last season. It's going to be tough for them, for sure. If they can't put no pressure out there on our quarterback, they can't you know, contain anybody out there with Allen Robinson, Money Moon, they're going to struggle, man. So their secondary got their hands full, and I think the Bears will love this matchup. Looking at this situation here, I think that the Lions are probably still going to finish in last place in the NFC North. I do think that they'll be better than they were last season, but they just still have so many holes on this team that they got to shore up. So the coaching is going to help them. I think they'll get everything in a better spot, but I still think they're going to finish in last place. They can't cover. They're going to have a tough time out there. So I hope they can make some changes to where they can be able to show some growth there. But man, they got their work cut out for them. I hope they don't. I hope that shit's still fucking awful Lexi, this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me saying for their sake, not ours. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There we go. Clean that up, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Let's get to the Packers real quick. Now, this is the team 
that won the division. A lot of us Bears fans, we were hoping that Aaron Rodgers was going to get traded out of this division. It didn't happen. Aaron Rodgers came back. I kind of knew he was. I feel like he was just kind of like, I don't want to go to training camp, and I'm not, and I don't have to. Because I know when I come back, I'm going to get that job, and I'm going to still be an MVP player. So, A-Dub, when you think about Green Bay, what are your takeaways now with this team going into 2021? They are still loaded offensively from my standpoint. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, of course, your quarterback, you feel them pretty good about that always, right? He's one of the best in the game right now. You still got Devontae Adams. You probably added Randall Cobb there. So it's like, hey, you guys feel pretty good about your offense. I understand they may have a little bit of struggles in the offensive line, but as far as their guys, their weapons, they still have them, Prince. Let's just be honest here. The Green Bay Packers right now, they're perennial Super Bowl contenders. And this might be their last shot to win a championship. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers put it himself. He said this is a championship or disappointment type of season for him. So you got to look at that and say they have some high expectations, and Aaron Rodgers is not going to be accepting anything short except for maximum effort from his teammates. Especially after that fiasco in the offseason press with him about is he going to come back to the team, him not showing up for mandatory training camps and all that stuff. What's going to happen there? So I think now he's been like, look, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to show these guys my value, and then we'll see how the chip's going to fall. But you're right. They feel they're a championship caliber team. They've shown they are very good with Aaron Rodgers as their guy, so we'll kind of see what happens here. The other thing, too, that I want to bring up when I think about this team, they had the top-ranked score in offense in the NFL last year. That wasn't by accident, right? You already talked about the fact that Aaron Rodgers was MVP. Devontae Adams was a stud last year for them. Robert right. Tanya was huge for them. They got Aaron Jones at running back. They got Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. They got weapons after weapons after weapons on this offense. The one area that I wonder is, are they going to be able to survive without their all-pro left tackle, David Bakhtiari? Don't forget, he tore his ACL on New Year's Eve. So he's starting the season on the pup list. Now that dude right there, one of the best blockers in the game, and I used to love seeing him and Khalil Mack go head up against each other. I just love those battles where iron sharpens iron. So. The Packers had a really good offensive line last year, but now you have that guy that's down. So we'll see, because they did move Elston Jenkins over to left tackle. He had a really good training camp. He's moving over from guard. Maybe it won't be a disaster that Bakhtiari's out, but that's just something that I want to make sure that our listeners are thinking about, because even though Jenkins is a Pro Bowl guard, he's no Bakhtiari when it comes to playing left tackle. No, that's a good point there, Perez. So right now, they're a little bit vulnerable at that point. So I'm quite sure teams have been watching that and reviewing it like, hey, now we got a shot. So we'll see how well he shows during the season versus just, you know, preseason stuff. So now teams are targeting you and want to get through and try to put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how well they hold up. Yeah. And then one other point to bring up when it comes to their offensive line is Corey Lindsley. He left to go sign with the Chargers. And the Packers, they drafted a rookie, Josh Myers. So he's going to be replacing them. So now you got a rookie that's going to be starting as center for the Packers. So when I look at this offensive line, they got a lot of moving parts. And that's something right here that I think could potentially be something that could hold them back. Yeah, Press, a little bit of an inexperience right there with Josh Myers, like you said. We'll see what that kid can do. But a rookie's still a rookie. I'm not saying he's going to be a dub, but I still think he got a chance. But he's not proven yet. He got to show something. So we'll see what these guys do. But they're going to be tested, man, all season, Press. Fair point. Now, looking at the Packers on defense, last year, that Packers defense was pretty solid. They were a top-10 unit on defense. 
And I'm looking at this team now, and I'm like, they returned a lot of firepower to that defense. Kenny Clark is one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. They got Zadarius Smith out there. Rashawn Gary, they have a nice trio of edge rushers on this team. So when I look at this, the secondary is pretty solid. The big key for the Packers on defense is the takeaways. They don't take the ball away a lot. That's the area there with that defense where they can improve upon. I've seen those guys give a lot of yardage at times, so they can't cover. They're going to be in trouble. But you're right. They're still solid, though. They're still solid. They don't have a good game, Perez. It puts more pressure on their offense to do the job. Yeah, and then also, too, they got a new defensive coordinator. Mike Pettin was replaced by Joe Barry. And now this is an area that I think that the Bears potentially could exploit because this is Joe Barry's third chance to run a defense. But the two previous jobs that he had running the defense, he flopped in Washington and in Detroit. So those teams were pretty awful. We'll see if he comes here to the Green Bay Packers with all this firepower and if he's able to add anything to the mix. <laughs> That's a good point there, Perez. I hope he screws it up, though, to give our Bears a shot, a chance at beating those guys. But we'll see. I mean, the spotlight is really on him, Perez, now. So if he can't move the needle here, it's going to look really ugly for him. Fair point there, A-Dub. So for me, I look at this team. I see the Packers finishing first in the NFC North again, and I think they'll get 12 wins. That's my prediction there for the Packers. Let's move over to the Vikings here before we get into our Bears predictions for the season. So for the Minnesota Vikings, the heat is on Kirk Cousins. The heat is on Zimmer. They got a lot of pressure just to make it back to the playoffs. If not, I see major changes coming for Minnesota A-Dub. Woo-wee. I mean, you're right, Perez. It's on their guys, man. Kirk Cousins, you mentioned him. Cook, Thielen, Jefferson. We know how good some of these guys are, though. But if they can't get the job done, Perez, it's going to look ugly. You're right. But Kirk Cousins did a lot of talking last season, Perez. He was all excited when he beat us. Can he be better than what he was last season? That remains to be seen because other teams in the division have gotten better. I believe the Bears have for sure. So a lot of pressure on the Vikings, Perez. I will shoot the Vikings a little bit of bill because when I look at their season last year, they had a ton of injuries. That defense was awful. They did not have much talent there on that defense, right? Kirk Cousins was inconsistent. He is who he is. But then special teams, they had so many missed kicks. Their kicker was awful last year. So, I mean, they started the season one and a five. So when you start the season like that, it's no surprise they didn't make it to the playoffs. They put so much pressure on the offense to do things uh, when it happens, right? Can that defense, with being healthy, can it be better? That I don't know yet, Perez, but I do know they rely heavily on those offensive guys to do the job for them, especially Cook. Can he run the football effectively? How effectively can he do it? So if he's doing that and running through players and running through teams like that, man, that puts those guys in good position, and it takes a lot of pressure off Kirk Cousins. That's a fair point. I will say, though, when you look at this team on paper, the talent is there. I like the coach. There are reasons for people to be confident in this team if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, but similar to the Bears, they got a tough schedule, and they still got a lot of question marks on this roster. So like I said, for me, when I look at this team, if they miss the playoffs, I think Zimmer's gone. I think Cousins is gone. And the GM, Rick Spielman, he's probably out of there too. When I look at offense for this team, this is a top 10 offense coming into the 2021 season. Kirk Cousins, if he was not such a lousy quarterback, he's got Dalvin Cook that he can hand the ball off to. He's got Justin Jefferson who burst onto the scene last year. You got Adam Thielen. 
you got Earl Smith Jr., even though he might be uh, out for the season, but you got Tyler Conklin, Chris Herndon. Right. You got so many weapons there. What it's going to come down to as far as success on offense is going to be health and the performance of their quarterback. Now, if Kirk Cousins can fucking pull his head out of his ass and write the ship, they may be something. I just don't see that happening for them. And then let's not take away from the defense. The defense is also something else that they're going to have to get better at because their defense last year was a mess. Now, I did give them props for going out this offseason and getting some really good talent. They spent a lot of money on shoring up that defense. Patrick Peterson now is a part of the Vikings. They got Dalvin Tomlinson, Rashad Breeland, Xavier Woods, and they didn't pay a lot of money for some of these guys. When I look at this defense, I say, it's a lot better than that team from last year, but I still think the pressure is on Zimmer and Cousins to get that offense going in the right way. No, fair statement there, brother. It's still rely on the offense. You're right. They made some improvements, like you said. I like the guy you mentioned, Patrick Peterson. That is an upgrade, no doubt, at cornerback. I still don't think that's enough, though, to carry their defense with some of the guys they have. Still need to be proven. Still got some work to do there. It's going to rely, like you said, on their core guys. Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Can they carry this team to the next level? And a lot of the focal point going to focus on those guys. So I think they still got some good offense for us, like you mentioned. But these defenses are coming for these guys this season. Yeah, I feel you. But I will slightly disagree with you on them from a defensive standpoint. When I look at the guys that they signed with the guys that they were returning, on paper, this is a top five defensive unit. And especially with Zimmer, he's going to be calling the defense. That front seven that they have there is really dope. With Peterson and Braylon coming to the mix, I see a potential where these guys might be able to turn back the clock for one more season. I think this defense is going to be tough to score on. My problem, again, is when I, when I look at this team, was just on offense. So we'll see what happens here. I think this is a nine-win team, but we'll see what happens. I can roll with that, Prez. But, yeah, you're right. It's going to be tough, man. You mentioned about scheduling. All those things does matter, but we'll see where they land at. But I am worried about the fact that, hey, they defensive-wise. I see your point on paper. Everything looks good, looks on the up and up, but they got to execute, Perez. They got to execute. Let's get to the Chicago Bears. So, audience, A-Dub and I are going to do a game-by-game breakdown and give our predictions, win or loss, for the Chicago Bears. So we're going to start with the game on Sunday against the L.A. Rams. My prediction in that game is that the Bears lose 31-23. We're not going to give score breakdowns for every game, but that's just that one just because it's, it's the first game up. But I think they lose that game. The reason why is the fact that we have Andy Dalton starting. I didn't like what Matt Nagy did on offense this preseason. I didn't like what he showed. I don't have confidence that he has fixed this offense. I think that Matt Stafford is going to carve up our defense. I just have a lot of concerns with this ball game. And also, somebody by the name of Aaron Donald. I think that he's going to be in the backfield early and often. I think it's going to be a very rough night for Andy Dalton. A-Dub, win or loss on Sunday against the Rams. I think it's going to be a win for the Bears. And I'm really relying heavily on the defense to carry, Prez. The defense can turn back the clock, show us something. I think, you know, we can do some damage there. I'm not so sure about the offense, you know, but I'd still give the Bears a win, 17-16, Prez. All right. That's a win for A-Dub and a loss for me. So we're going to keep track of that. All right. Second game against the Bengals. I predict that we win that game. I think this is going to be another really good test for our defense, facing Joe Burrow. He really showed out last year as a rookie quarterback. But Bears have contained a lot of these type of quarterbacks in the past, so I think that we'll do pretty well there. 
I think if our offense can get at least 23 points, we'll be able to win this game. So even if it's Andy Dalton in there, maybe he'll have a revenge game going against his former teammates. We'll see. But I think we'll win that one. That'll be tough, Press. I actually had us losing that game there. All right. So you got them one and one. I got them one and one as well. We got the third game of the season against the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland. I predict that we lose this game. When I look at the Cleveland Browns, I think they're a very complete team, a very good offense. I think Baker Mayfield does not get enough credit for the type of quarterback that he's turned himself into. That Cleveland Browns offense, Kareem Hunt, Chubb at the running back position. You got Jarvis Landry. You got Odell Beckham. You got David Njuku at tight end. And then let's not even fucking talk about that defense. Miles Garrett and those boys, they come to play. So when I look at this one, I think this is another game that we lose. And I think this is going to be another test for our defense. And also, too, this may be Andy Dalton's last chance as a starting quarterback because this is where I think that the wheels kind of fall off the bus on him here. (laughs) That's a game I think we're going to lose, too, man. Tough defense. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard. And like you said, that team over there is balanced, offense and defense. All right, fourth game, which will be at Soldier Field. The Bears will be facing the Detroit Lions. And this game, I think we win. I also think this is the game that Justin Fields starts. And as any of our loyal fans and any loyal Bears fan will know, that during the Matt Nagy era, we've owned the fucking Detroit Lions. Now, no win is guaranteed. <laughs> so I don't want to be overly confident, you know, because we did lose to them at home last year. However, it's Jared Goff at quarterback. So we're going to get this dub. They go, they're going through a lot of transition, a lot of change over there. So I think we can catch them and beat them. All right. The fifth game, the Bears are traveling to Vegas to face those Vegas Raiders. A-Dub and I will be in the building. We're going to be sitting there in the black hole, <laughs> whatever the hell they call it. We're going to be sitting right there with you wearing our Bears stuff. So we can't wait to mix it up with some of them folks in there. And guess what, A-Dub? The Bears will win in Vegas. First of all, you and I there. We're giving them good luck. And I'm quite sure our Bears are going to be hungry for that game, man. I think we're going to win that game too, Press. And Khalil Mack in this game is going to remind the Raiders even more so why they shouldn't have traded him. I'm seeing a two-sack game for Khalil Mack, but the Bears get that dub. One last thing to add to that. I know Khalil Mack going to talk to the team about that game. Hey, mark your calendar. This is the one I want. I hope so, because the last time he faced his old team, we fucking lost. And yep, I ain't seen nothing out of him. So hopefully Khalil Mack get it right this time around. We shall see. I hope so. All right. The next game. The Bears will face the Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field. I am predicting that we lose this game. Now, what I talked about earlier, A-Dub, this is one of the top-ranked scoring offenses in the league that is going to be coming into Soldier Field. Aaron Rodgers has a tendency of, of carving up our Bears defense. Even at home, I know people are going to be like, but they're going to be playing them at home. If it was Jordan Love that was going to be starting in that game, absolutely I was taking the Bears. but. I just think that the Packers will beat us at home. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day. And, you know, that's just where I'm at with it. So Bears lose against the Packers. I think we lose too, Prince, but it'll definitely be a good test for our secondary to see if they actually improved or stepped up with Vildor, those other guys. We'll see where we're at, but that's a game I think we're going to lose as well. All right. The next game, the Bears will travel to Tampa Bay to play the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I predict that we lose this one, A-Dub. Now, I know listeners are going to be like, Press, we upset the Bucks last year on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, but that was when Brady still hadn't gelled with his team yet. He hadn't really gotten to a groove with them yet. So it was just a different circumstance. But they are a better team than they were when they came here to Soldier Field. So I think this is going to be another situation where our defense is going to be tested. Tom Brady and those boys, they're going to probably roll out a pretty big-time victory against us. Now, I will say this. If Justin Fields is our starter at this time, it's going to be a great opportunity for him to see up close and personal one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, how he executes, and it's going to be a great test for Justin Fields potentially to face that Tampa Bay Bucks defense. That's a game I do think the Bears might win. And for some reason, I just feel the Bucs are not going to be their best for us when against the Bears. I don't think they're going to be ready. I think they may have injuries going on too, Press what they had last season. I just don't think it's going to be a good game for those guys. So I'm going with Chicago to pull it out in a close one. Okay, there you go. All right, the next game, we got the San Francisco 49ers coming to Soldier Field. And this is a game that I think we win. Now, I'm not going to sleep on the 49ers heading into this season because last year they had a shit ton of injuries. And they still managed to win six games. And that was without their starting quarterback and a lot of key defensive players. But I think that the Bears will be able to beat them. And I think it would be really awesome if this is the game where Justin Fields and Trey Lance play against each other because I think it's only a matter of time before Trey Lance becomes the starter there in San Francisco as well. But I think the Bears win this game. I think the Bears win this one too, Prez. I think we may be a little bit too tough defensively, Prez. I may, we may see some turnovers in that game to where we may get some scoring going on. So I'm going to roll with our Bears for this game. I think that you know beating the Buccaneers, I think that's going to be a good high for us. Coming off that game, and I think the Bears looking to maximize off that. Catching the 49ers, why are they slipping? Like you mentioned before, they might be going through a quarterback transition press. So I think with us, hey, we might get the rookie, maybe to show them up a little bit, show them a good test of what a good defense looks like for us. And that might be the game we pull out right there. Yeah, that would be really cool. And to be honest with you, like I said, I'm really interested to see that matchup with Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. That's going to be some must-see TV if both those guys are out there. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, I can, I can imagine that right now. Chris. That'll be a good one, brother. <laughs> All right, cool. What you thinking about the Monday night football game against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because for me personally, I think this is going to be another loss. When I saw Big Ben come back this season, the guy and dedicated himself. He had lost weight. He's in really great shape. And this Pittsburgh Steelers offense is loaded. Juju Smith-Schuster is in a contract year. I think he's going to have a big-time season. I think we're going to lose this game, and I think this is going to be pretty much a rough part of our schedule here, just facing this team on Monday Night Football. I think Big Ben's going to have a big game, and the Bears are going to lose. Steelers, they're still a tough team. I mean, offensively, they're great. Big Ben leading the way. It's going to be tough for us to get a win out from those guys, so I see us losing that game. The next game, A-Dub, the Baltimore Ravens travel to Soldier Field, so we get to see Lamar Jackson. Now, the Bears defense, talk about a test. They're going to have to continue with one of the league's best in this guy. Not only does he throw a really good deep ball, but we already know what this guy can do with his legs. Let's also think about our offense. They're going to have to face that Ravens defense, and they're one of the league's best on defense. So I think this game is going to be a challenge, and I think that the Bears will ultimately lose this game against the Ravens. I think it's going to be a loss too, Prez. I think the Ravens, to me, is a championship-caliber team. They're very tough, man. They're hard to beat. They really are. Most cases, they beat themselves, you ask me. But I just think Lamar Jackson may be too much for us in that game, Press. Too much. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just a fair observation. I just think, man, that, that guy right there, he's just a dynamic player. He's a really dynamic player. And I hope that I'm wrong, but just when I'm looking at it right now, I just think that that's a game that we lose. Yeah, too much speed, brother. Too much. Yes, sir. All right, we're at the Thanksgiving game. And guess what? We got the Detroit Lions. Thank God we got the Detroit Lions. Because we are going to go to Detroit and we're going to beat them. We're going to dominate them on Thanksgiving. And you guys know, you know how I feel about Detroit. We always dominate those guys. So I think this is a W. Again, you and I talked about where they are at this point of the year. So I think we'll beat them. The Lions, stay out of there. All right. The Arizona Cardinals will be traveling to Soldier Field. We're going to have Kyler Murray and that high-powered Arizona offense coming to town, which is going to be another test for the Bears defense. However, A-Dub, I believe that the Bears will beat the Cardinals. This is one that we can pull off. And I will say, especially if our offense gives us a little something, by this time I believe Justin Fields will be fully entrenched in the lineup. And I think a Fields versus Murray matchup will be some more must-see TV. But I think that we will pull this one off. So the Bears win against the Cardinals. I think so too, Chris. I see a big game. From A-Rob and Money Moon in that game, Press. I do. I think we can pull this one off. All right, my man. Okay. We got the Packers in Green Bay. A-Dub. This is another one, unfortunately, where I just think that <laughs> we just don't get it done, my brother. We just don't get it done. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that, Press, but damn, you are right, though, man. I don't think we're going to pull that one off either, man. I think we'll lose that game. That late in the season, I think the Packers will be rolling, and it's going to be very tough for us to beat them. And this is going to be another one of those primetime games where I'm just going to be very upset the fact that the Packers are beating us again on primetime TV, but I just don't see us winning this ball game. And the thing for me, Prince, is how we lose. How do we lose that game? That's going to be a factor for me. All right. We got the Vikings next up on the schedule, A Dub. Now, this is going to be another primetime battle. And this is where I think that the Bears' offense is going to have a chance to really show themselves against this Minnesota Vikings defense that I think on paper is improved from where they were last year. I think we win this ball game, but I think this is going to be a really good test to see where this offense lines up there. We did struggle on primetime TV last season, but I think we take this game, A-Dub. Perez, we come into this game with a better quarterback, brother. <laughs> I think we can take this game as well. Uh, we show sometimes that we can try to contain a good running back. I think we'll do a good job at containing Cook, and I think that'll be a big key factor right there, helping us win that game, Perez. Yes, sir. The next game, we got the Seattle Seahawks, A-Dub. Russell Wilson and the crew facing our Chicago Bears. A-Dub, we win this game. And this is going to be a flat-out duel between Justin Fields and Russell Wilson, but the rookie is going to come out on top. The rookie going to come out on top. That should be an exciting game there. I know the Seattle Seahawks, they got a good offense. They like to score a lot of points. I think we'll be able to score a lot of points against them, Perez. But, man, it's going to be an exciting one, and I think we'll pull it off. All right. We got two games left to discuss here. Now, we got the New York football giants that are going to be coming to Soldier Field, A-Dub. And this is going to be one where I believe that the Bears will get that dub. Now, there's going to be another game where I think Justin Fields is going to just show out and show off. I also think while the Giants did put up a fight last year when they played the Bears, we still took care of business, and we'll take care of business again. Bears win this game. 
I think so too, Press. We win this one. We win this one. Justin Fields get the victory again, Press. I think our offense will probably be a little bit too much for them at that point. So I think we'll get that victory there, brother. All right, my man. All right, the season finale, which will be wrapped up there in Minnesota. The Bears will be playing the Vikings. I think we lose this game. Now, I think the Bears and the Vikings will split the series. The Bears are going to win the home game. I think the Vikings are going to win the away game. The way the reason why I just look at it like that is I just see that home field advantage there in Minnesota potentially is going to be able to be the difference maker for them. So I have the Bears losing the season finale to the Vikings. Mm. You know what, Prez? I would disagree with you on that one, brother. I think the Bears beat them. I think so. I think we know what they're doing. I think we'll come with a good game plan for us. I think we may be a little bit too much for them, brother. I think so. Okay. Well, so as of right now, A-Dub is on record. What happened, the Bears finished with an 11-6 and record. And I'm on record of having the Bears finish with a 9-8 and record. So, audience, if you were keeping track, I think that the Packers will win in the NFC North with 12 victories. I think that the Minnesota Vikings and Bears will both have nine victories. And I think the Detroit Lions are going to finish in last. Who cares how many wins they get? Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. They're not ready. All right, before we get out of here, A-Dub, give me your bold prediction for the Bears here in 2021. What you got for me? Money Moon, Brez. Okay. I'm a pro bowler, baby. Pro bowler. I'm sticking with that, Brez. I'm sticking with it. Got a better quarterback this year, man. A better quarterback who can throw the deep ball. I'm talking about Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. They both can make that play for us. We're in good shape, my brother. I will say this, A-Dub. I'm excited for the season to come back, man, because I have not gotten a good money move from you in a while. So, brother, I can't wait to Sunday. And I hope money move (laughs) starts to play towards that Pro Bowl designation that you just put out there because that's a big-time prediction, and I love it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, baby. I'm getting ready. My man. Well, mine, audience, probably not going to be a surprise for people that have been listening to a lot of our offseason shows. This guy has been really impressive to me throughout the course of training camp and also in the preseason games. I got big Travis Gibson. My bold prediction is that he has 10 sacks this season. 10 sacks. Woo! Press? That dude is really, really good. I'm hoping to get enough snaps out there, Perez, because he can make a big difference out there, my brother. This is my thing. I feel like he's going to get a lot of opportunities on third downs and obvious passing situations to get after the quarterback. And I know people are going to say, hey, it was only preseason when we saw him lighting it up and doing that. And they want to take it with a grain of salt. But I'll just say this. I was impressed by what I saw. And it wasn't just the fact that he made the plays. I was looking at his pass rush moves, how the kid bulked up. How the kid just looks like an NFL player. So my bold prediction, Travis Gibson, 10 sacks in 2021. Yes, sir, Chris. I can roll with that, man. That guy can get in that backfield. He really can. He really can. He definitely really can. Well, all right, A-Dub, man. I am just, man, I'm just so fired up, man, for Sunday. I know the audience is probably like, but, man, you don't think they're going to win the game. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't get on this show and be a homer with y'all. I just got to tell you how I see it, and I just don't see us winning the game, but I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that Andy Dalton lights it up. I really do. I hope that Aaron Donald, you don't even hear his name on the broadcast. I hope all of those things, A-Dub. I figure, Prez, we got to shut Jalen Ramsey up, man. We got to. Too much talking, Prez. This game here, we need it. Oh. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) 
That's what it's going to be. He going to know when Darnell Mooney beats him deep for a touchdown in the game. Now, I will say that. That's going to happen. It got to happen, brother. It got to happen, Prez. It got to happen. Now, you know, it's going to be on a double move, too. Is the bank is open. You're going to tear that ankle up. <laughs> I'm all for that, brother. All for it. Oh, man. Before we get out of here, we did want to make an announcement here to our loyal listeners here on the show. A-Dub and I, man, over the course of this year, we've just been really blessed by the support of each and every one of you sharing our podcast, supporting our podcast, and just being the reason why we've become a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. Over the course of the year, We've been fortunate to have many groups and networks reach out to us wanting to work with us and wanting to have us join their organizations. We've turned down a lot of organizations. However, A-Dub and I have decided to join the Pigskin Podcast Network. We are working with these guys. It's been a tremendous group of podcasts that are on the network. The executives over at the Pigskin Podcast Network have been awesome so far, and we're definitely looking forward to this journey with them, A-Dub. Looking forward to it, Prez. It's going to be a joy. As I mentioned earlier in the show, if you want to check out our Rams preview episode, it's going to be on our Chicago State of Mind podcast. So if you want to check that out, please listen to it. Chicago State of Mind podcast. We do a thorough breakdown of the Rams-Bears matchup, and it starts around the 40-minute mark of that podcast. And that podcast is available on any platform of your choice. It's on everything. The last thing that we're going to be doing is A-Dub and I are going to be launching a weekly show on Saturday mornings where I am going to be breaking down my top betting picks for the NFL every week. And this is going to be something that's really exciting. And this is also another reason why I'm really excited about the network, because this is just an extension of working with this network that we're able to do further things that we're very passionate about. I love betting on sports. I had a really good run last year, 2020, with betting. And so I want to share some of that with you, the listeners. And obviously, if any of you guys don't necessarily know much about sports betting, on our opening episodes, I will be giving you guys some tips and giving you some of the betting one-on-one, in addition to giving you some of my picks that I'm going to be personally doing. Because any pick that I give you, it's something I'm going to be putting my own personal money down towards. But A-Dub, I'm very excited for the future of not only the Bear Central's podcast, but the future of us working with the Pigskin Podcast Network and just, brother, continue to build and grow with you, my man. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure working with you, my brother. I'm looking forward to that continued success. But definitely, man, we are looking forward to hearing your thoughts on betting, my brother. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm not a better, but I'm going to learn a few things from you, my brother. You've done a great job last year, so I'm working with you. Stick with me, kid. I'll take your places. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. Without further ado, man, it's a dope-ass episode, brother, and we are out. A-Dub, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, cover down with us. <laughs>